0: Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for the challenge of the song we hear this morning. Not only the special Father, but the music that we have sang together. We're thankful, Lord, that you are the one that changes things in our life. Lord, we're thankful that we don't depend on humans, but we depend on you. And Lord, we're thankful that you share that message to us through others. Lord, I thank you for these parents this morning as they come and make their commitments. Bless their efforts. Guide them, Father, as they seek to lead these to know you and to love you. Be with us, Lord, as your church. Remind us that you are here with us. But if we are to experience the blessings you have for us, remind us, Lord that we must do our part. We ask for your guidance in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to the sixth chapter of the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. I want to preach to you this morning about the seeds of tomorrow. One of the things I want us to understand that Scripture shares with us is what we receive tomorrow is what is planted today. It is what we invest today that we see the results of tomorrow. So we have an opportunity, a privilege that lays before us. Now you know and I know that I can't go back and change something that I planted yesterday. It's it's there. But I can make a choice about what I plant today and from this day forward. I'd like to share with you a few few verses that Paul shares with us in the gospel in the 6th chapter of the book of Galatians. Listen to what he says as as I pick up in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature will from that nature reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The seeds of tomorrow. There is a battle between good and evil, right and wrong, that rages in the heart of all of us. We all struggle with that battle there are spiritual laws and there are natural laws in life. I think it's a good thing that there's a spiritual law that God has set in place that what you plant is what you get. Now maybe not today, maybe not even tomorrow, but down the road, what we as believers invest in our faithfulness to God will grow a crop. It will produce results. Isn't it wonderful to know that if we trust in God, sooner or later, good things are going to come. Blessings are going to take place. Lives are going to change. Well, it always happened today, no. But the law of sowing and reaping is one of God's laws in our world. And that's like the natural law, the law of gravity. I always use that one because I I understand that one. I remember some years ago, I climbed a 16-foot ladder and failed. Landed, well, not very appropriately on the ground. Knocked my breath out. Said, Brother Ken, did it hurt you? No, I was only on the second run. (laughs) Gravity has an impact on us. We know that if we throw a rock up in the air, you better move because it's coming back down. Have you ever been with the kids at the beach and they pick up a handful of sand? What's the first thing them toddlers going to do with that stuff? Wow! And it, without, without possibility of change, they always throw it into the wind, right? There it comes, right in your eyes. There's the law in life of gravity. God's law says what we sow Is what comes back to us. Kids, don't kid yourself. If you live a wicked life, you will experience the consequences of a wicked life. We can come to church all we want. I can put you in the water a hundred times. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Coming to church and being baptized is a part of our faithfulness to God, and God will bless that. But that is what That is our beginning. That is not the choice we make every day of our life and our faithfulness to God because those are the choices that will determine the type of results that come in our life. What we say comes back to us. Hosea 8, 7 says, They who sow the wind reap the whirlwind. If I make bad choices in life, I'm going to experience some of those consequences. And I understand that. What we do or say comes back to us. If we sow jealousy and selfishness in our marriage, it will come back to us in the form, if you will, of miserable coexistence or maybe even divorce. If we sow laziness in our schoolwork, it will come back to us in bad grades. And in the future, maybe in the type of support we have for our families if we don't apply ourselves. You cannot always change the facts of what others plant in your life and in the lives of your children. But you and I can do our part to plant the right seeds. We can do our part to guide them that others will not always plant the wrong seeds in their life. Brother Kim, what do you mean? Monkey see, monkey do. Garbage in, garbage out. Right? That's what they say about the computer. Your child's mind is like a computer. What you put in is what you get out. I think it's important even to the extent of the shows we let them watch on television. Folks, there's cartoons out there that ought to be X-rated. From the profanity that goes on in them to the bad manners that are shared to even homosexual inferences that are placed in cartoons today. You and I need to know what they're watching because it has an impact on how they think and what they believe. We have to make a choice. There is the denial of the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, do not deceive, God will not be mocked. It is amazing how, to me, intelligent human beings can see that principle and still deny it. Job 4 verse 8 says, those who sow trouble reap trouble. Why do we deny the principle? I think the wise Solomon, in spite of all of his mistakes, the wise Solomon had a good answer. Now listen to this, guys. Here's why we ignore it. When punishment for a crime is not swiftly carried out, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. Now, what does that mean? That means if I get away with it too long, I think I'm scot-free. That's why when we don't choose to discipline an issue, and we just put it off and put it off, before long they think, we're not going to do anything about it. We just all talk. Am I right? The person who takes money out of the till at the job because they're struggling... And they don't get caught the first week or the second week or the third week or the second year. They think, I'm getting away with it. And all of a sudden we read in the paper that they have been arrested and been incarcerated in prison. Sooner or later, the choices we make come back to us. But because they get postponed, sometimes we think there are no laws of sowing And reaping. Now, that's not a bad thing. It is that realization that helps us to make the good and necessary choices in our life to do that that's right. People mock God and feel safe in sin because of secrecy. Sometimes we say to ourselves, well, nobody knows. Nobody's seen. Nobody saw it. I got away with it. You know, that's kind of what Moses thought. He, he didn't mean to kill the Egyptian when he, he got into battle with him and was trying to defeat the, or protect the Israelite. But he did, and he hid his body in the sand, and he thought he'd gotten away with it until the next day or so when he is trying to fix a squabble between a couple of Israelites and say, you going to kill us like you did the Egyptian the other day? Sooner or later, our sins are exposed. There is no secrecy. How many times has one slipped off on their spouse to meet this lover and they go to a different town or a different city. Uh, They're in unusual cars. They're in a, a restaurant that nobody is ever around. And they think, we're doing this secretly. Only for somebody's friend of the husband sees them, a friend of the wife sees them, and all of a sudden they're exposed. There is the foolishness of secrecy. Some feel safe in their sin because of religion. They think if they pray a little, worship a little, give a little, God will overlook their sin. What we don't realize is we rob ourselves of God's blessings when as believers we try to be just as unsaved as we can be be a Christian You ever seen that attitude how how much can I do wrong still make it in heaven and we rob ourselves of God's blessing he was just a young man when the two brothers hired him they taught him the business neither one were married this young man, was he was the one that ran the errands and did this. And before long, they, they went from him running errands to doing part of the business. And after a few years, that they had trained him in everything. And he was running the whole show and taking care of them. And after a while, he got frustrated. And he thought, well, I'm doing all the work. And they're making most of the money. So I'm going to start kind of taking out from the keel. They'll never know. And so he did. And after a few years, the brothers realized what was taking place. And they called him in the office and they said, Son, we're sorry. We're going to have to let you go. The sad part in this true story is this. These two brothers were fixing to retire. They had made a living. They didn't need another living. Their intent was to give this business to this young man they felt like they had raised up. He not only lost his job, he lost the blessing they had intended to give him. Guys, you and I need to come to a realization as Christians. God has blessings for us and we rob ourselves of those when we make sinful choices of disobedience and run from God. There's so much we lose we never knew about. That is why it is so important that we seek to walk with Him and live for Him. Some feel safe in the sin because of their religion. Some feel safe in sin because of sorrow. Like Saul, uh, we feel bad that we've done something wrong. Sorrow is a good thing. Repentance is a good thing. But it does not... Erase the choices that we make. Brother Ken, we can get forgiveness. You're absolutely right. But that won't change the blessing God has for you. You lose when you make the choice of sinful rebellion. What we plant sooner or later is what we get. Sometimes... We think we can get away with sin because we're special. I've learned something in the last few years about special. I believe that we need to teach our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids that we love them. We need to teach them that God loves them. But I don't think it's a wise thing to teach them they're special. Because I'm afraid that when we try to communicate, you're special. We're saying to them, the rules don't apply to you. And that's not true. They are special to us. And we love them. And we'd probably do anything for them. But they need to grow up in life realizing that before the eyes of God, we all have to obey the rules of God. There are no exemptions. Some feel like the rules don't apply to them. Solomon lived like the rules didn't apply to him and destroyed his life. He broke all the rules that he in wisdom told us about. David began at a point in life to to live like the rules didn't apply to him and and it destroyed his family. Saul lived like the rules didn't apply to him and he lost his kingdom. What we plan is what we get. There's a description of the laws of sowing and reaping. We reap exactly what we sow. I read or saw on the TV rather a few years ago an ad against drugs. And the ad said, Father, to his son, when he asked him the question, Son, who taught you to take drugs? And he looked his dad in the face on that TV ad and said, Dad, you did. When the first beer your kid drinks is the one he gets out of your refrigerator, I want to ask you something. Who in the world do you have to blame? Think about it. The law of sowing and reaping. We reap what we sow. Jacob was to be the... the The individual through which the Savior would eventually come. A great nation would be built. But I'm going to tell you about Jacob. Jacob was as sorry as they come. His name literally meant trickster, conniver, cheater. That's who he was and that's how he lived. Cheated his dad, he lied to his dad, he cheated his brother. But you know the day came that Jacob ended up in a foreign land, working for another man, a man who lied to him and cheated him, you know. His hens came home to roost, so to speak, didn't they? The time came that it all came back on him. It always will, it always does. There are no exceptions, sooner or later. But God changed Jacob. He changed his life. And he changed his name. You know why he changed his name? Because he he became a new person to some extent. He had an experience with God that altered his heart. And that's why his name would become Israel. A changed heart and a changed life. And from that point on, he would begin to plant some new seeds. And they wouldn't always be the right ones. But at least he was headed in the right direction. When we reap we will reap not only what we sow, but we'll reap more than we sow. Hosea said, sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. We cannot change the past and some of the harvest that we will reap from it, but we can change the present. And by doing so, we can start to rewrite our futures. Brother Ken, you're saying we're not doing it right. I'm saying there a lot of times I didn't do it right. As a lot of times many of us don't do it right. But we can learn from our mistakes. And we can come to a firm conviction that God can be trusted. We can make some decisions. We reap later than we sow. Because of the delays, we deceive ourselves into believing the results will not come. Sometimes positively as well as Negatively. We've prayed about something. We've invested ourselves, and we say, "Bro, Ken, I just don't see the good things happening." Be patient. What does he say? If you're patient, the day will come. You'll see the results of the good choices. Thank God the story doesn't here. It doesn't end here. The results are delayed. That's true. Cigarettes don't give you cancer overnight. And most alcoholics don't get drunk the first time they drink a drink, but it just starts the process. Sometimes we sow later. There is the decision of what we sow. That's the good part. You and I have a choice. I can decide the kind of seeds I want to plant. The kind of seeds I want to plant in the life of my children or my grandchildren. And I can start planting new seeds even today to give a positive and godly influence on their life. A while back I I met a worker, I was somebody I was going to hire to fix something. And and his little boy was at his shop. And when I went in, I looked at the little fellow. I said, son, what's your name? And and it's almost like he stuck his thumbs under his arms and he throwed his shoulders way back and he says, I'm the son of so-and-so. He was proud. He called his dad his name. But for me it was sad. Because the evidence of his dad was already surfaced in his life. And the evidence of his father's life had already left scars it concerned me. And so I'll be praying for that little boy and I'll be praying for that dad. That down the road, the influence he has on his life might be positive. That it might be good. We choose the seeds that we plant. Resolve to plant the seeds. I want to read the first two verses of this passage. Listen to what he says. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself; or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. There are several good things, y'all. Three, I want to call attention to. There are three seeds I want you to consider about sowing this morning. Number one, faithfulness to God. One of the best things you can plant in the lives of your kids, and your peers, and your co-workers, and your grandkids is an evident faithfulness to God that they can see. Faithfulness. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Let them see you read your Bible. Let them see that that is important to you. We may read it for hours upon hours, but if we make the mistake that they never see it, they don't know it's important to us. Secondly, As you resolve to be faithful to God, pray for those children and grandchildren. I read a story of a young man some years ago. He said, as a boy, I fought with asthma. My dad, he said, worked in the middle of the night. He got up about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the night, and he went to work. And many a night I would be laying there in the bed and I would be coughing. I would be wheezing, trying to breathe. And he said, Dad would come into my room. And he would say, Son, can I pray for you? And he said, by this time as I remembered it, I had, he had done this many years, even when I was a young teenager, and I'd say, Yeah, Dad, please. He said, I wasn't living a godly life. I was living a rebellious life. And I'd listen to dad and he'd pray for me. And he'd ask God on my behalf to help me breathe. And he'd pray that I'd get better and pray that I would be able to fall off to sleep. And he would say to me, son, I've been awake all night hearing you wheeze, But I want to talk to God for you. And he'd pray with me and he said, without exception, at least in a little while I'd go to sleep. He said, I was a grown man before Christ really got a hold of my life. But there's one thing I'll never forget. I'll never forget a dad who prayed for me and taught me to believe in God, to trust God, faithfulness in our prayers. We are to resolve to be faithful in our prayers, in our reading of God's Word, in our attendance of the house of God, and in our daily witnessing to others for Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Being in church says to your kids, this is important to me. Every sermon is not going to hit you. Every song is not going to satisfy you. We sing modern music and we sing old hymns. Some of you hate one, love the other. And the rest of you love the other one and hate the other one, right? That's just our differences. Church is not always what we want it to be. But in our faithfulness to God, we say to our kids and our grandkids, our Lord is important to us. And we're here to worship Him. Resolved to be faithful to God. Resolved to plant the seed of Christian character. What does that mean? It means be honest, be fair, and be moral. To put it in a quick nutshell. Be honest. Be fair. Be moral. We're tempted to steal and lie. When we do it in front of those that we want to reach for Christ, we undermine our faith. What about just being honest, being faithful to God? Let them see it. I read some years ago of an executive that was going to test some of his young executives coming up. He said, I want to see which of you I feel are worthy to be promoted. He did the weirdest thing. He gave him a pot, plant, and all you could see was dirt. He said, take it home. Put it in the sunlight, water it faithfully. And in one month, I want you to bring it back to me so I can see how faithful you've been. And a month later, they, they brought their pots back. Some of them had pot plants. Boy, they were big. Some of them had little plants. Some of them had wide plants. But one particular executive came back and he was embarrassed. He said, sir, I've done everything I know to do. I have watered it. I've kept it in the sun. I have been faithful. But I apologize. I have not been able to make this plant grow. When it was all said and done, he announced to executives who would be hired for that position. You know who got the job? The guy with the empty pot. Do you know why? Because there were no seeds in those pots. Every other one of them put something else in the pot and lied to the boss. He says, I don't need that kind of man to lead my company. I need a man that is willing to be embarrassed, to be honest and do what's right. Character, integrity, doing what's right even if it may cost us. We are to be fair. We are to be honest. We are to be moral. Without Christian character, we have zero influence for Jesus in the eyes of the rest of the world. We've got to be willing to be different. That means being Christian. We are to resolve to plant the seed of kindness as spoken of in these first few verses restoring the rebellious, encouraging the depressed, helping those who are hurting care for one another. The picture here is helping the guy whose burden is overwhelming. I think one of the greatest ways we can paint for our grandkids and our kids the reality of our love for Jesus is in our sacrificial service to others. When we do something, To show the love of Christ to someone in need. Lastly, we are to anticipate the success of God's promise. Listen to verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Guys, it's a good thing. God blesses our faithfulness sooner or later. None of us always get it right. We can't change the seeds that may have been planted yesterday. But I believe we can overpower them by planting the seeds of today that will point them to Christ. He was the most wicked Perhaps one of the most wicked kings of Israel. His name was Manasseh. He led Israel away from God. He led false worship. But when he was led by a hook in his nose to the nation of their enemies... He bowed before God and he prayed with all of his heart, with sincerity, so sincere that God took him at his word, forgave his horrible past, and gave him a chance to live again. He came back to the nation. He tried to undo the things that he had done. He couldn't. But he did do one good thing. He began to try to point Israel in the right direction. And he raised a grandson that would become one of the great spiritual leaders of Israel. It was too late for his boy. But it wasn't too late for the grandson. Brother Ken, are you reading too much between the lines? Maybe. But I kind of think that may have been part of God's blessing for a changed life. And the planting of some good seed. May God challenge our hearts this morning. Let's go, the Lord, in prayer. Oh, Father, forgive us when we've failed. Lord, lay not guilt and burdens upon our heart that discourage us this morning, but rather lay upon our heart an ambition, a willingness to trust you, to make a determination the very best we know how to plant the seeds that will bring glory to you and wonderful results in the lives of others. We ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.